Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians 3 called, Now We Really Live If You Stand Firm in the Lord. Paul's attitude is incredible. I wish my attitude would be more like this. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 15, I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls. If I love you, the more am I to be loved, the less. And Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. This is what the Christian faith is about. This is what the Lord modeled. And as Paul did what he did, he was reflecting his good shepherd. See, Paul hated the church at one point. He tried to destroy the church. But once he had come to know the good shepherd, he wanted to shepherd God's people like Jesus would. And Jesus was now in heaven at the right hand of the Father. So now Paul was taking the baton and he was then gonna pass that baton to Timothy. And now we hold it. And I want you to think about that for a second. Now we hold the baton. Don't drop it, brethren. Don't drop it. Don't don't drop the baton because of pressure. Don't draw back when we should be stepping forward. We need wisdom, of course. We need a baptism of boldness. We need to get the gospel out. But this is no time to drop the baton. And we sent Timothy, our brother, verse 2. Brother is Adelphos in Greek. And God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ to strengthen, Paul sent Timothy. He couldn't go there. He was thwarted by Satan, we saw in the last chapter. And he sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith. I am amazed what one person's faith can do to strengthen a body of believers. Amen? I've watched some people just in the last four or five months take a stand And they have strengthened many Christians. I would say Christians all over the world. Don't you think that you don't have an impact on people? When you stand, others feel emboldened to stand. They they realize that you're flesh and blood just like them. That you're a human. That you have all the fears and all the concerns and all the what-ifs in your thinking as well. But when they watch you stand, they say, hey, if he can stand, if she can stand, then I can stand. And that's what I've watched happen. And Timothy was a team player, verse 2. He was a minister. That's the Greek word diakonos. It's where we get the idea of a deacon. He was a servant, but he was a servant of Paul, a servant of Jesus, ultimately a servant of the gospel. It is the gospel of Christ because Christ is the gospel. It's about him. He is the embodiment of the gospel. And Paul wrote many sections about Timothy's uh, uh, faithfulness, and he could trust Timothy to represent him Write down 1 Corinthians 4, 17, when Paul says, For this reason, I've sent to you Timothy, who's my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of my ways, which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. Philippians 2, 22 and 23. You know Timothy's proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. Therefore, I hope to send him immediately as soon as I see how things go with me. I'm so excited to hear about men who are going out from this congregation, planting other churches. Do you know that there's a living truth right now in Topeka, Kansas? There's a living truth in Prescott, Prescott, Arizona. 
Got to wear boots to go there, but nonetheless, Prescott, we say hi. And there's other people who have gone out from this congregation who are praying right now. Maybe I should uh, establish a living truth in another state. And this excites me because it tells me that people are going out from here in Corona, California, and that's not to mention missionaries and other people who are going out with the gospel of Christ, who have found that there's uh, some training that they've received and they want to go out and minister the gospel. There's some people in this fellowship who I could, without hesitation, send on my behalf. And I know that they would preach the word of God accurately. And I know that they would represent the love of Christ beautifully. And that's part of what we're doing here is we're training the next generation to take the baton. And by the way, it's not always as formal as you might think. We're doing it right now. Every time you take in the Word of God, every time you go to a Bible study, every time iron sharpens iron, you're getting more of a sense of mission, I hope and pray, to go to your workplace, to go to your neighborhood, to go to your family, to go to your sphere of influence, and to represent Christ. So that no man, look at verse 3, may be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined or appointed for this. I want you to hold your place in 1 Thessalonians, turn all the way to 2 Chronicles 15. 2 Chronicles 15. I was watching Tony Evans be interviewed recently, and he mentioned this passage, 2 Chronicles 15. And I think it's very apropos for the time, and I'm going to read it to you, and I'm having you turn there for encouragement purposes, 2 Chronicles 15. But as you turn there, I want to remind you that when Jesus called Paul and he informed Ananias, who was doubtful about Saul, who becomes Paul, uh, about you know this man and his calling and so forth, the Lord says of Paul, he is my chosen instrument and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. At Saul's original call, Saul who became Paul What was prophesied over him is that he was going to suffer. He was going to bear my name before kings and rulers and authorities, but I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I know suffering is not a fun thought or a fun word, but Christ suffered for us and Paul was promised suffering. And this is 2 Chronicles 15, verse 1. Now the Spirit of God came to Azariah, the son of Oded, and He went out to meet Asa, that's the king, and said to him, Listen to me, Asa, in all Judah and Benjamin, verse 2, the Lord is with you when you are with him. And if you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For many days Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But in their distress for, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and they sought him and he let them find him. In those times, verse 5, there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in. For many disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the lands. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every kind of distress. But you, the prophet says to the king, be strong, do not lose courage, for there is reward for your work. Now when Asa heard these words and the prophecy which Azariah the son of Oded the prophet spoke, he took courage and removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin, from the cities which he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. 
He then restored the altar of the Lord, which was in front of the porch of the Lord. Turn back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. See, God had troubled the nation and the cities round about to get the attention of his people. The Lord was behind it. The Lord was allowing it. And the, and the prophet said, if you'll turn back to God, he will turn to you. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. The Lord sits in heaven. His eyes go to and fro. The very next chapter in 2 Chronicles says to show himself strong, to strongly support those whose hearts are devoted to him. That's the question today, is one of devotion, one of commitment, one of what do we really stand for. And Paul said, you know what? What we're going through, we've been destined for this. And when you're going through trouble, don't look to the wrong places and don't listen to the wrong voices. There's a Danish proverb that says, he who builds according to every man's advice will have a crooked house. And as a pastor recently said, apparently a master's of divinity degree doesn't come with a spine these days. Just take a breath. That was really for me, not so much for you. <laughs> see, this is our time, brethren. Do you see it? And so Paul says, look, don't be surprised by this. Jesus promised us tribulation. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. I know you guys don't have that as your morning verse for your Monday. Hey, here's a promise from Jesus. In this world, you will have trouble. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Going to see some trouble today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I know. I know you want the more positive verses. I'm with you. But it is a promise. <laughs> And so Paul says, look, this is the way it works. Acts 14.21 says, And after they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch, retracing some steps, strengthening the souls of the disciples, Acts 14.22, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Acts 14.22. Now, these may not be verses that you're always thinking about, but they're in your Bible. And there are many troubles that we face. A man uh, confined to bed because of lingering illness had on his sunlit windowsill a cocoon of a beautiful species of butterfly. As nature took its course, the butterfly began to struggle to emerge from the cocoon. But it was long, it was a long and hard battle. And as the hours went by, the struggling insects seemed to be to make almost no progress. Finally, the human observer, thinking that the powers that be had erred, took a pair of scissors and snipped the opening larger. The butterfly crawled out, but that's all it ever did, crawl. You see, the pressure of the struggle was intended to push the colorful, life-giving juices back into the wings. But the man in his supposed mercy prevented this. The insect never was anything but a stunted abortion, says this writer. And instead of flying on a rainbow wings above the beautiful gardens, it was condemned to spend its brief life crawling in the dust. That gives me the idea that God knows what he's doing. In fact, 
that you can depend upon him even in the struggle, even when it's long and hard and seems almost meaningless. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Pastor Michael and the Walking Truth team invite you to Harvest Fest 2020. Harvest Fest is free and will be outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. This is an entertaining, fun, and safe way for your family to spend October 31st. You and the kids will enjoy fun activities like trunks of treats, find your way through a life-size maze, play games like the cakewalk, and of course, have a chance to fellowship with worship music. Again, bring your family and friends and come out and meet Pastor Michael at Harvest Fest, October 31st from 6 to 8.30 p.m. outside Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Call 844-48-TRUTH for information and directions. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. There are many troubles that we face. A man uh, confined to bed because of lingering illness had on his sunlit windowsill a cocoon of a beautiful species of butterfly. As nature took its course, the butterfly began to struggle to emerge from the cocoon. But it was long, it was a long and hard battle. And as the hours went by, the struggling insects seemed to be to make almost no progress. Finally, the human observer, thinking that the powers that be had erred, took a pair of scissors and snipped the opening larger. The butterfly crawled out, but that's all it ever did, crawl. You see, the pressure of the struggle was intended to push the colorful, life-giving juices back into the wings. But the man in his supposed mercy prevented this. The insect never was anything but a stunted abortion, says this writer. And instead of flying on a rainbow wings above the beautiful gardens, it was condemned to spend its brief life crawling in the dust. That gives me the idea that God knows what he's doing. In fact, that you can depend upon him even in the struggle, even when it's long and hard and seems almost meaningless. In chapter 5, Paul will write to the Thessalonians, God has not destined you for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not destined you for wrath, but he does know that the struggle will make you stronger. He does know that times like this can purify and strengthen his people. Do you sense that? I do. I sense a new depth of worship in your hearts and in your voices. I sense the church saying, you know what? Lord, help me to stand. 
Maybe, there's mo- maybe you've been praying more desperate prayers than you've prayed ever in your life. Praise God if you're doing that. If the Garden of Gethsemane, so to speak, draws you closer to Jesus, if your Garden of Gethsemane draws you to the Lord for strength, amen, then that's good. For indeed, when we were with you four, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction, and so it came to pass, as you know. For this reason, when I could endure it no longer, this, he says a second time, I also sent to find out about your faith for fear that the tempter might have tempted you and our labor should be in vain. I could endure it no longer. Paul says, I couldn't stand it any longer. Look at verse five. I had to find out if you had stood or if you had given into the tempter. Who's the tempter? Satan. He's mentioned in the previous chapter, Satan thwarted us. The tempter came into the Garden of Eden and tempted Eve, right? Did God really say? Tempted her with the forbidden fruit or the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in Matthew 4, and I got to take you there because I, I want you to see how this works. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, hold your place in 1 Thessalonians. I want to show you where... This tempter word is used, I think it's the only other place that I found it as Satan is described as the tempter and it's in the life of Jesus. Jesus is driven up by the Spirit into the wilderness right after his baptism, right after the Father affirms him, right after, you could say, the beginning of his public ministry, so to speak. And after Jesus had fasted, Matthew 4, 2, 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. That's an understatement, right? And the tempter, Matthew 4, 3, came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. In that area of the world, there's stones everywhere that can look like loaves of bread. And Jesus responds with the word of God and says, It is written, man shall not live on what? Bread alone, quoting Deuteronomy 8, 3 but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When Jesus was tempted in his moment of physical weakness, turn back to 1 Thessalonians, Jesus, the master swordsman, wielding the sword of the word of God, responded to the tempter with the Bible. And do you know, we have an insight here now on how Satan works. He tries to tempt new believers to fall away. He tries to pluck the seed away of the Word of God. Everybody understand? One of the things that Satan the tempter tries to do, apparently one of the main things, is steal away your faith. Get you to retreat. Get you to say, you know what? I don't think I'm a Christian anymore. I'm not going to do this Christian thing anymore. I'm not going to live a Christian life anymore. And the tempter dangles the carrot, so to speak. He might say something like this to Jesus. Yeah, where's your father right now? Why are you fasting? If you're the son of God, shouldn't you have a feast? You're a king. You're the king of kings and the Lord of lords, aren't you? God's holding out on you. Why do you have to suffer? Why do you have to fast? Why are you going to have to face a cross? Take the easy way. Just bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. You don't have to go through this. Why would you have to suffer? The, The embodiment of God on the planet you are, you are the God, man. You are Emmanuel. Why? You ever hear that voice? Why are you going through this? Why is the line in the fast food place so long? You shouldn't have to suffer. Oh, 
Do you hear us whining a little bit? I wanted to line at the grocery store and they're out of Kit Kats. I really wanted a Kit Kat. And then I... What? <laughs> it's a personal testimony right there. <laughs> but now that Timothy has come to us from you, we sent him to find out. And has brought us good news. This uh, phrase is usually for the preaching of the gospel. It's, uh, I think, the only time it's used here for something else. Maybe one other place in Revelation 10. He brought us, it was a veritable gospel of your faith and love. And that you always, there's no cell phones, there's no email. How, how are you going to find out? Unless you send a messenger. And Timothy found out that you always think kindly of us. You haven't backed off. You long to see us as much as we long to see you. Glory. You haven't gone anywhere. In fact, you've been saying, man, we'd like to see Paul again. You know how that must have flooded Paul's heart with joy. And I told you that story at the outset of this sermon to, to give you a word picture to say, hey, isn't it cool if you went back and were able to visit somebody 20 years later and found them flourishing and they said, I, I was hoping for a day when I could see you again. You don't know what you mean to me. You led me to the living God. It's changed everything in my life. Not only my life, but my destiny. See, we downplay the power of the gospel. And Paul would say like John, I have no greater joy than this, than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Or Paul might say, my crown's intact. Because these people were his crown. You've been listening to Now We Really Live, If You Stand Firm in the Lord, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians Chapter 3. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. If you live in Southern California, we'd love it if you join us at any one of our church services, Bible studies, or any one of the many events we do throughout the year. You can stay up to date by downloading the Living Truth app. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael with some final words. Well, in our Christian life, it certainly seems like it's easier at some times than others to stand firm. And we have experiences with the Lord, sweet times of worship. Maybe you've had an experience with the Lord where you had a dream. You know, some people have had dreams and even visions. Some people have had a, a circumstance where they felt like the Lord, in a still small voice, really spoke to their situation and guided them and spoke through a friend. And, and that does happen. But sometimes we go through seasons where that's not the regular thing. And we can't have our feelings driving the train here. See, the Bible makes it clear who God is, and he's God and on his throne, whether circumstances are going wonderfully or they're not so good. And that's hard because a lot of us, you know, we, we can tend to go by feelings, but faith is not feelings. Faith is placed in the object. The object is really what's most important and here, it's God. See, faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed, is what I'm saying. And if you have your faith in your feelings or faith in your circumstances, those are going to change. They're going to go up and down, and then your walk will go up and down. However, if your faith is in the immovable God, the unchanging character of our God, 
the truth of the gospel, which will never vanish away. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said, but my words will never pass away. Then we're going to be able to withstand whatever season we may find ourselves. And maybe you're in a great season right now, and maybe you're in a hard season right now. Whatever it may be, we'd like to invite you out to our midweek service where we can minister to you. 7 p.m. every Wednesday night, we're going through the wonderful book of Psalms, Medicine for the Soul, selected Psalms that I'm teaching through. I think you'll be blessed. It's a more relaxed atmosphere on Wednesday nights, more of a kind of a laid back, usually uh, acoustic worship. We open up the Word of God like we always do. We have a sweet time of fellowship, and we'd like to invite you. 1009 Arsenal Way, City of Corona, Living Truth, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And you can find out information and directions at walkintruth.com. Or when you download our free app, it's the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Hey, download it today. You'll be able to find out a lot of what's going on. Our outreach events, our 633 events, lots that's going on at this fellowship. And it'll help you know how to pray for us and how to get involved. Uh, We really appreciate you guys. We love you. And uh, we'll see you, Lord willing, right here for more in 1 Thessalonians. And one more thing before we go, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Did you know your $5 donation really helps us to broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events? It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply it to today's issues, trends, and cultures. So if you could, please give your donation at walkintruth.com, and we do thank you. And join us tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 called, Now We Really Live If You Stand Firm in the Lord. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.